0: Hey guys, I hope you're all doing well and had a great week and weekend. For today's episode, I have a super special guest, Mrs. April Venable. April is the systems vice president of the clinical service lines of Inspira. She is so kind and insightful and was able to provide so much valuable information on our healthcare system today, both as it pertains to Inspira and just in general. I'm so excited for you guys to listen to our episode. So without further ado, let's get started. All right. So first off, thank you so much for coming on. I'm so excited to have you.
1: Thanks for inviting me.
0: Of course. So yeah, like I said, I'm just going to ask you the questions and whenever um, you're ready, we can get started. Let's do it. All right. So yeah, I'm super excited to learn more about your role and you know what your day-to-day life entails. So could you provide a little insight into what you do as um vice president and what you know a day in your life kind of looks like
1: sure uh as the vice president of clinical service lines i am a leader on the senior operations team um, overseeing a combination of programs that provide direct care to direct care to patients as well as support um, to clinical care deliverers so, from a direct care standpoint, I oversee our outpatient behavioral health service, our population health team, uh, and our life program. And then, when it comes to the service line um, standpoint, a service line is uh, a grouping of life patients. And so, the categories at Inspira include cardiopulmonary, neurosciences, oncology, women's health, surgery, and behavioral health. And what the service line teams do is they utilize market and healthcare trends to drive our strategic planning, growth and development um, so that we remain competitive in such a busy healthcare market.
0: Okay. That's awesome. Okay. So um, So what exactly, what do you do in those, like in the service line when you, how are you sort of involved in it?
1: So, you know, when you're at the level of vice president, uh, you can't get too in the weeds on a day to day basis based on the um, kind of the breadth of your scope. Um, But, you know, I am an advocate for the leaders that report to me and ensure that the strategic intent um, of all of their activities are um, aligned with all other senior leaders at the organization. Um, we have a, a team of sixty five hundred staff members, so we're oh, wow. pretty large and dynamic. And it is uh, amazing how silos can develop mm-hmm. when you're in a big place like that. Yeah. And so, um, you know, I spend a lot of my time in meetings ensuring that my peers are aligned and, and communicating.
0: Okay. Well, that's a massive number. Oh my gosh. I've well, grown a lot. Yeah. yeah, I probably, you know, you, you think there's so many people involved until you hear that number. It does it never really hits you, I guess.
1: Well, and, you know, Inspira is a the result of a, a merger. So, um, you know, South Jersey Healthcare was in the Cumberland and Salem market. Underwood Memorial was in the Woodbury market. When you put them together, that's what you get.
0: Oh, okay. <laughs> okay, that's super cool. I didn't know that.
1: Yeah, and Spirit was create was formed and named only in 2013. So oh. um, when the merger happened, there was a study done in the market to see if anybody really was attached to the the previous names of the organizations, and there wasn't any brand loyalty there. So we decided to rename ourselves.
0: Oh wow! Okay, see, so I guess you know, in 2013, I was probably like nine years old-ish. So, you know, I've known Inspira my whole life, but that's crazy, actually. I had no idea.
1: There's a lot of this happening in the healthcare industry. Um, Consolidation is everywhere. And there's a lot of scrutiny now because the government doesn't want markets to um, not be fostering competition. Mm -hmm. So there are some mergers and or acquisitions that actually are not approved um, Mm -hmm. by the government but ours was not large enough to create any anti-competitive um, activity so uh, it was able to move forward gotcha
0: so how is inspira working to make, make healthcare more accessible and the cost of healthcare more sustainable
1: well, i think that that is a very relevant question in today's environment um, access is one of the primary focuses of inspira's strategic plan And COVID has changed all of our lives and really made us think about access differently. So first, I think, you know, telehealth is now a core part of our business. Um, you can have a patient, you can have a visit with your provider from the comfort of your home. Um, and it's, it's just commonplace at this point.
0: So like you Uh, said, that service probably grew a lot during COVID.
1: I think it was, you know, on the roadmap for a lot of organizations, but it just had to really accelerate okay. because people were quarantined, and yeah. um, you didn't want to, you know, bring people in that were sick. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, telehealth is is huge now. Um, even for the people who do want to come to the office, uh, we're altering the way our care team is designed so that we can get you in quickly. Uh, the use of advanced practice providers or nurse practitioners um, is something that we're really starting to to build on so that we can expand access. Okay. And the other piece is we're taking care to people who can't come see us. So, you know, when it came to COVID uh, and the vaccine, we were out in the community giving them at schools, at churches, at senior living communities. Um, we also have this massive mobile van that you know can do screenings and other services in the community for people oh. who might have transportation challenges.
0: How recent are these like new features, I guess? Are they like are have they just um, beginning to are they just beginning to kind of come about during the last few years or
1: you know, so I've been at Inspira for 15 years and so many of these things like you would talk about but not um, have as a priority to like deliver on, like it's hard work Mm -hmm. to, to change your whole model, Yeah. but you know, just it, it honestly, it COVID accelerated it. And we, hospitals came together in a way that they never would have before. You would think about, you know, the guy next door is your competitor and people really work together. Um, There were, you know, alliances across the state so that, you know, everybody could learn from one another. And I think as an industry, it's propelling us forward.
0: Okay, that's great. Yeah. Do you think a lot of these, you know, features and advancements will kind of continue after COVID sort of dies down?
1: I do. Um, You know, there's a, there's a term that we use a lot uh, at work, which is called um, a disruptor. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, you're seeing a lot of new companies come into the market because they know that there are a lot of broken processes in healthcare. Yeah. Um, and so they want to kind of redefine the way care is delivered. I'll give you an example. CVS bought the health insurer Aetna. Yes. Yeah. And so, you know, they're going to be connecting consumers with health resources that CVS has in communities to give people easier access to information and resources. You know, You you wouldn't have expected that 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. Uh, The other thing is artificial intelligence. So, you know, big data is entering the healthcare industry that will apply machine learning algorithms to really mimic humans in the analysis and comprehension of all this complex medical data. So um, I I think that the the trend of innovation is just going to grow more.
0: Okay, and sorry, not to get off topic here, but um, is a lot of artificial intelligence used at Inspira? Like, is that very prevalent there?
1: It's it's still pretty preliminary for us. Okay, uh, but there, you know, if you if you read the literature, there are a lot of things that aren't necessarily replacing humans, uh-huh. but they are um, drawing your attention to the right things so that you can be more productive. So if I have data that tells me that based on the condition you came in with, you're a high risk for readmission. I might assign somebody in the social work department to, you know, come have a a chat with you, do an assessment and make sure that you have the resources you need in the community when you get home. A social worker can't spend an hour with every single person, Mm -hmm. but the technology can tell you the ones where you're going to get the biggest bang for your buck
0: okay do you like do you see a bigger future for artificial intelligence maybe not you know necessarily replacing humans but you know having taking on a lot of the things that humans do
1: i i think it's gonna take time um and a lot of trial and error you know i was reading um about there was there were some institutions that were trying to do some things in the oncology world that um, they it wasn't resulting in the right type of care being delivered. Okay. And so you run a risk of, you know, making some pretty big missteps, especially in a patient who has something as serious as cancer. Yeah. So, you know, I, I do think it's going to find its pockets where it's appropriate, but there's going to be other places where it just isn't.
0: Okay, that makes sense. I mean, obviously, I feel like Unfortunately, there's a lot of things that could potentially go wrong.
1: Yeah. And, you know, what if it goes wrong for one in a hundred thousand, this is automated. So it's still wrong. Yeah. And, you know, you've got to make sure that you can reteach, you know, that algorithm um, to, to not make that mistake again.
0: Mm-hmm. So I guess while we're on the topic, where do you see healthcare going in the future? You know, not necessarily just related to artificial intelligence, but even broader than that.
1: So we participate in um, a model that was created through the Center for Medicare and Medicaid Innovation. It's called an, account- an Accountable Care Organization. Okay. And what these models do is they reward healthcare providers, for tackling our issue of cost delivering high quality and good patient experience. It's called an accountable care organization. And I think that the future is going to involve not just voluntary participation in these models, but mandatory because the Medicare system is going to go bankrupt. If we don't change the, um, the level of spend that is taking place. And so, The future is gonna be designed around proactive care, preventive care, um, you know, keeping people well, rather Mm -hmm. than treating them when they're sick.
0: Okay. What does a lot of like the expenses in healthcare consist of?
1: The most expensive place you can be in the healthcare environment is in the ER or the hospital. Okay. So when you think about programs designed around prevention. I'll give you an example. We have this cool program um, of remote patient monitoring. So let's say you're um, a diabetic and you only see your doctor once every three months. In between those three-month visits, we give you a glucometer. You take your blood sugar at home and the results of those blood sugars transmit to your provider. Mm -hmm. your provider will get alerted if there's a red flag something's going wrong and they have somebody on their team that reaches out and says okay I want you to do this that or the other thing to kind of get you back on track before you get so bad that you have to go to the hospital
0: okay
1: and so when you when you have a more proactive approach this one uses technology um it is is you know, flagging when attention is needed so it's not wasting people's time if everything's going fine. But to, to visit your provider is so much less expensive than being, you know, treated in a hospital. The, the infrastructure that is required to run a hospital is enormous. Mm-hmm. And so um, managing people and keeping them well in the community is the way that we tackle our growing cost
0: problem. Okay, so I remember when we talked earlier, you mentioned the importance of focusing on preventative care. Is that what you sort of mean by that? Keeping them healthy rather than treating them when they're not?
1: Yeah, I mean, and I gave you the example of diabetes, but for the example of just a wellness approach, you know, if, if I'm a 40-year-old woman, I need to get a mammogram. Mm-hmm. If I'm a 50-year-old male or female, I need to get a colonoscopy screenings will drastically increase your lifespan if you catch something early and then you can treat it right more easily okay
0: I feel like yeah I mean obviously now that you say it seems so obvious but I guess you know while you're just living you don't think to just maybe go to the doctor just to get checked up when you're feeling totally fine
1: Yeah, there's this thing with Medicare, it's called the annual wellness visit, and we're really doing a push on that within our programs at Inspira, because if you don't feel well, you don't think to go see your doctor, but things could be changing for you that you just kind of aren't noticing, and it just comes along with the aging process. So, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe um, your mobility is starting to be affected, or your eyesight and, you know, the assessment that's done as part of that wellness visit is designed to say, OK, let's like come up with a plan mm-hmm. to, you know, design things that are going to maybe prevent you from falling or give you additional support in the home. You know, um, all stuff that can, you know, help keep you in your home and outside of a nursing facility, for an example.
0: OK. So. For, you know, you, that was, I guess, more in in general, but as for you specifically, how did you, you know, get inspired to fuse business and medicine or healthcare together?
1: So my honest answer is, I mean, it wasn't really a plan. (laughs) (laughs) So I started my career in public accounting and by chance I was assigned to audit mostly healthcare providers. So I had a lot of the health systems in the Southern New Jersey area. And after a couple of years, I decided to work for South Jersey Healthcare. Um, They were one of my audit clients. And then that was one of the hospitals that merged to create Inspira. Oh, okay. so, yeah, so, you know, it was interesting. um, And I spent a couple of years in finance at Inspira, but I had an opportunity to move into operations and as I started, um, in the operations side, like my passion, I think really started to emerge and I'll say there was such great value in the finance foundation that I built. And it's been so helpful to me in running an operation. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not clinical, but I do feel I've really been able to contribute to the great programs and services that Inspira provides, you know, through the business talents that um i've i've you know grown over the years
0: yeah i know just by i mean just by hearing you explain some of the things i can tell that you know you you have like insight into both worlds deep insight into both of them and it's awesome to see how you're able to sort of fuse them together
1: yeah the sky is the limit when it comes to that i mean i've seen so many people start in one place and end up in another and uh You know, everything that you experience in your life is just going to contribute to your well-roundedness. I don't know that any of them are ever mistakes. They're just um, a new experience that you say, "Yep, that's not for me. I'm going to try something else.
0: Okay. Yeah, I think that's, that's super cool. And honestly, that's amazing how you were auditing for the company and um, they merged into Inspira. That's super great. That's insane. That's so cool.
1: It was like forever ago, but uh,
0: <laughs> that,
1: <laughs> that was 2007.
0: Oh, so did you, did you major in accounting then in college? My,
1: my major was uh, business administration. And then I want to say maybe year two or three, um, I did a concentration in accounting.
0: Okay.
1: I went to Drexel. So I, I was in a five-year program.
0: Oh, all right. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, Drexel's, it's right around the corner in Philly. Yep, yep. Did you, so did you grow up near the area here?
1: No, I didn't. I grew up in uh, York, Pennsylvania, which um, is about a little over two hours from southern New Jersey. Um, But, you know, I worked in Philadelphia, and then uh, I met my soon-to-be or future husband at the time, and I moved across the bridge. Gotcha. Gotcha.
0: That's awesome. So my final question is, do you have any advice for teenagers or young adults pursuing a career in not only business or medicine, but any field?
1: I mean, I already said that, you know, I, I would encourage you not to be afraid to try a few different things. And I think more and more schools are offering internships, which is the perfect opportunity to, you know, get a flavor of something to decide whether or not You know you like it and one of the reasons I went to Drexel was that they have a co-op program and so I actually did my first co-op in human resources and I didn't like it Mm -hmm. and so uh, my second one was in a forensic accounting department and then my third one was in tax and so you know it's just putting together all those experiences um, you know it's going to contribute to you finding what you know brings out your passion
0: okay that's awesome yeah i mean i guess like you said there's so many more opportunities now and i think you know besides because of covid but besides that things are a lot more accessible and it's definitely a lot easier to get a taste into you know all the different fields and career opportunities in the future
1: yeah it's is it's a great place to work Um, You know, every healthcare organization has um, such a significant gamut of different jobs. Um, So, and the one thing I say, you know, healthcare is never going to go away. Everyone's going to, you're always going to need it. Mm -hmm. So um, in terms of, you know, knowing that jobs will be there, healthcare is a good field.
0: (laughs) It is. Well, I mean, that's actually, that's all I have. Do you have anything else you'd like
1: to add? Uh, No, but I'm happy to continue to stay connected with you if um, you have any additional questions.
0: Likewise. And thank you so much for coming on. I had a great time speaking with you and it was awesome to learn everything.
1: You're welcome.
0: Best of luck. Thank you. All right. So that's all for today. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode as much as I did. And I don't know if you remember, but I did an episode with Mr. Baldessaro, who was also with Inspira and who actually connected me with April. And so it was absolutely amazing to just see how many different paths there are within the same field. There's so many opportunities. And like April said, I think it's so important to continue trying new things and exploring new fields and careers because we never know what we may like. That's all for today. Tune in soon for a new episode of Untold and Unknown. And remember, life begins at the end of your comfort zone.